Hi, this is Paul. Welcome to Arconnect Sessions, episode 132. This week, we're sharing my conversation with Sue Fujimoto, recorded immediately before his new show opened to the press at Japan House in Hollywood last Friday. The show, titled Futures of the Future, brings together large-scale renderings and photographs, along with over 100 models showcasing a selection of Fujimoto's distinctive work and process. Our conversation covers his upbringing in Hokkaido, his personal and academic studies in Tokyo, and how these experiences contributed to his highly unique approach to architecture, investigating primitive lifestyles, blurring boundaries, and breaking down walls. If you're in the LA area, the exhibition will remain until December 12th at Japan House, which is located on the second floor of the bustling, tourist-filled Hollywood and Highland Complex. Make sure to check out the show notes for this episode on our website to see some photos from the exhibition and images of Fujimoto's work. So primitive future has been a, a philosophy of your work mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for a long time that yeah. you've coined that, I guess, defines the the formal nature of your work, mm-hmm. looking back at like primordial forms and, and living. Is that an accurate Mm-hmm. description yeah. of yes yeah so this show is called the futures of future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how do, does that relate to uh primitive futures and what does it mean well it's it's yeah in a sense it's of course related but uh it's more like open more getting open in a mm-hmm. sense and uh yeah of course yeah i'm still thinking about such a the integration of the primary things and primitive things to the future unknown things because anyway the architecture design is really relating to our human body behaviors and the, the life and climate something like that so those kind of a really fundamental things could be the starting point to think about any kind of the crazy future and that is that was the simple starting point of the the primitive future and that was already more than 10 years ago when I started to talk about it. And then the book was published 10 years ago, something like that. And now we have, yeah, fortunately, we have more project and we have developing, been developing the ideas in a, in a very different way. And I feel, and of course, during that time, yeah, I get more like a fascinated by the whole history of the architectures because, yeah, every time they tried something new and then our future or our history was gets more like a rich in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then many different types of the things happening based on such a, sim- in a sense, simple human life and the human society. And now I feel... Of course, we, we are developing many different ideas, some of them small ideas unrealized, some of them are, gets realized, but each of the ideas has kind of a creating inspirations to the other ideas or another ideas for us or for the other people. And we are, so I feel we are creating some kind of the, the seeds for the futures. Each different types of small, tiny models could be the seeds and ourselves could see it for example, five years later, to re-understand what we have been doing and to create some other ideas, new ideas. And hopefully, for example, uh, the future generation will see even such a just one ideas could be, could have like a blooms in, in the futures. So those kind of repetition of the ideas, inspirations to the others, to create some new ideas, the other ideas. So repetition is like a history. And finally, the futures in future, they are making another futures for, for them. So those kind of uh, the repetition of the future thinkings is like, uh, for me, it's quite like a fascinating to think about it. It's not like a definite one future, but the, the future could be more spread 
around. So that is why we said futures of the future. So in futures, the futures could be more like a spreading around, could be more diverse and various. And then we could, yeah, the whole society ourselves could have more choices as we like. That is like a not defining this is the only way, this is the, the different way. Not, not like that. It's more like I like to open the future. So along with the future, futures of future, there are a number of small models, which I believe is part of the architecture everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So these are small little, little vignettes with just random objects, mm-hmm. sometimes trash mm-hmm. oh, yeah. combined with tiny little scale models showing how how space could be interpreted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have these models ever turned into actual buildings? Wow, not yet. <laughs> not yeah. yet, not yet. Do you use them as, as exploratory uh, devices or were these made strictly for the purpose of the exhibition? Wow, it was, at the very beginning, it was more like inspired by our daily process. And the daily process is kind of a nice mixture of the really practical thinkings to such a funny, uh, crazy rethink about many different things. And every time, yeah, we bring something, sometimes looks like an architecture, but sometimes doesn't look like architecture. But putting the people uh, physically or putting people in our mind to try to understand what, what it is for architecture. And this has been quite important process of our architecture design. And then one day I uh, thought about, yeah, if he can show it, like a crystallize those kind of uh, the process or uh, thinking of using whatever kind of things could be transformed into the architecture spaces and which could, how to say, make us think about unexpected understanding of the architecture spaces beyond the normal understanding of the architecture. Mm-hmm. That might be very intellectual, but funny mm-hmm. and uh, quite like a, bring or make our thinking much more, how to say, wider in a sense. Mm -hmm. So that was a starting point to think about this, like a series of the the models. So it is, of course, it's during those kind of a trial, we got some kind of the, how to say, funny understanding ideas for architectures, but still it's not like a, how to say, yeah, it is not for the real project. It's more like sure. a representation of our, of our crystallization of our, of Part our of the process. Yeah. 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 But of course it's possible to play with that. And then we, we, we can enlarge our, how to say our ideas for the architecture. Personally, I've always been just fascinated with your work, the breaking down of the walls and the uh, exploration of, of how boundaries are treated is something that I have really obsessed over. And your work also seems to really seem to blend in your life experiences with growing up in Hokkaido and, and moving to Tokyo. For me, I grew up in a very beautiful, natural place in Canada. And then I moved to Los Angeles when I was about 18. And so I, perhaps that's why I'm just so fascinated with this kind of blurring of, of nature and, and architecture. Going back to your time in Hokkaido as a, as a child, was this time influential in the work you do today? Why, yes. But of course, at that time, I was just a child. So I didn't notice any, anything about the, such an environment. And uh, so the Hokkaido experiences is always like uh, together with the Tokyo experiences. Mm-hmm. Because after moving to Tokyo and learning architecture, then I discover what I experienced in, in Hokkaido. And I really realized the importance or kind of the precious things in such a nature. Because when I was there, actually, I, I didn't care what is the nature, what is it, because it was 
just a daily life. But then moving to Tokyo, then of course to see the contrast and differences and the similarity between two opposite situations, then I was interested in such a nature things, but not only the nature, but then I was interested in how such an opposite situation like in Tokyo, I still feel comfortable because it was, yeah, as you know, in Tokyo, crowded situation, tiny uh, houses, tiny, many things that surrounding you. It's almost like a artificial forest in a sense、mm. because everything is very soft and messy, but then still like organically surrounding you to create human scale territory. But still, it's quite open, open field. You can choose your own way to,、mm-hmm. to moving around. And、mm-hmm. in the forest, it's the same. It's the many trees and the branches and the leaves. All of those kind of small scale things are surrounding you to create such a coziness. And it's, it's open field. So I felt, yeah, at the beginning, I just felt comfortable even in Tokyo. And then I, I didn't know why. But then after learning architecture, I tried to structuralize the, what, what is happening.、Mm-hmm. And finally, at least for me, The two opposite situations h a s the similar structures behind the different appearances.、Mm-hmm. And that was the time I re understand what I experienced and、uh, then what I didn't see it when, when I was there. And then from that on, yeah, the, those kind of contrast and the similarities between the nature things and、uh, the Tokyo situations, it's, it's always like a The quite important core of the、mm-hmm. architecture thinking.、Yeah. But before you studied architecture, you entered university with the goal of becoming a physicist. Is that correct?、Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, what part、true. of <laughs> Su- Fujimoto is both a physicist and an architect? It's、uh, quite, a, quite a contrast. Wow.、Well, yeah. From the childhood days, I love making things physically. So, that was my childhood days. Not like artistic, it's more like just, just make things. And of course, paintings is, is nice. And、uh, things like the.、Uh, yeah, things like ideas, this. But、yeah. I didn't know so much about the architecture. And I only knew Antonio Gaudi as a, like a yeah, architect. But the, in, the, in the high school days, I was more fascinated by the way, for example, the Einstein explained really clearly such a complexity of the world in a really simple way.、Mm. So, yeah, exp- to see all such a almost impossibly. Complex situations, but you can find one line to explain everything. That was really、mm-hmm. fascinating for me. And then different theories from Newton's and something, and then the particles theories and, and, and so on. So, those、mm-hmm. kind of a different trial to explain such a the, yeah, the complexity of the world、mm-hmm. was really fascinating. And it's so, it is for me, it's also like a creative、mm-hmm. uh, way to understand the whole world. And then, of course, the space, the word space. Appears to me the first in the, in the physics before learning architecture. And、uh, yeah, so those kind of things w a s like a really fascinating for me. But then when I get into the university, actual professional physics and mathematics was really difficult. <laughs> It's quite like a. It's not as romantic、reading. as you thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you finished school, I believe you spent some time、mm-hmm. doing nothing in Tokyo、uh, and yeah, just. True,、uh, true, yeah. Which I think I'm assuming may have really contributed a lot to the work that you, that you do. You,、mm-hmm, you explain、mm-hmm. how you traveled, walked around Tokyo,、mm-hmm, and、mm-hmm. really tried to understand the city.、Yeah. Do you feel like that time that you spent was formative in,、um, in developing the architecture that you have 
And is that something that you recommend people do occasionally <laughs> to just take some time? Wow, it's finally it's it for me it was it was nice. But at the beginning I yeah, it was not like a, I was very ambitious to key to have such a how to say isolation from everything and then to be alone to think about everything. It was not such an intentional thing. I was just not sure for everything. I was not so convincing to work for anybody and I was shy. So I just like to step back a little bit to be alone, to be quiet, to see myself, what, what I like to do and what is the meaning of the architecture for me and so on. So that, that at the very beginning, it was more like a not so positive. It's more like a, yeah, not negative, but uh, calmly. Yeah, I just like to have time to... Introspective. To, to, yeah. What, and, what was your first project after this time? Wow, then, yeah, after two years and something, my father was really worrying about me. <laughs> and then <laughs> As he, fathers he, do. <laughs> yeah, he was a doctor. So he talked about the project, just an ad, addition of his hospital, mm-hmm. quite tiny, uh, small addition. That was the first project. And of course, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about it, the practical things. But anyway, I made it. I f- finished it. Uh, but still, it was not, yeah, it didn't open anything, just uh, the experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, during this kind of a, during this time, I was mostly like a thinking about what I could based on to think about the future architecture. And then, yeah, finally, such a primitive things could be the one of the starting point, I thought, for example. Or I was thinking about, yeah, around that time, the theory of the complexity in the physics field was really like uh, making a kind of a sensation in, in Japan, maybe in US, then it's imported to Japan. Mm-hmm. And then that was like, uh, I felt the theory to integrate artificial uh, methodology into the natural order in a sense Mm -hmm. and then that was uh, quite like a big interest for me so i try to re-translate such kind of the theory in physics into the architecture Mm -hmm. in my own way Mm -hmm. so those kind of how to say yeah following to the personal interests and uh, try to establish at least the starting point for for me so that Mm -hmm. was the time and then it was all almost like a seven six seven years Mm -hmm. And that was nice because, yeah, I was completely relaxed and every day just think about the architecture, but walking around the Tokyo city, urban areas, meandering, it's like a meditation like mm. things. And yeah, that was the nice time, but I don't recommend this to everybody. It's, <laughs> it's really depends on the personality and, sure. and the characteristics. So, sure. but it's, it's one of the way. To, yeah. to start your own thinking, I think. Start with a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the aspects that really draws me to your work is the way you play with verticality. A lot of the buildings, the circulation inside the buildings, the movement inside the buildings almost feels like a weightlessness. How did that type of vertical exploration begin? Wow. Yeah, actually, in my early works, most of the projects are more for the proposal of the plan. So it's really horizontal. And then the plan is like a graphics. And then innovation of the plan could bring some kind of the new experiences. That was kind of the style of the very early days. 
And then some people appointed me, yeah, your plan is very interesting. But then how do you do with a vertical three-dimensional space? And then I realized, wow, this is something I have to challenge. And then almost the same time, I got a commission to design a small private house in the middle of Tokyo. Is that it's, it's NA? A, NA house. Yeah. And then, of course, the plot is quite small. So it should be at least a three-story high mm-hmm. or 10 meter high, something. Then that was the time I started to think about how to make such a vertical experiences. And so it was like a very lucky situation because the clients is really ambitious and they understand our architecture thinking. And they also like to do such a challenging way of, of living. So it was like a nice collaboration to, to create kind of a yeah, new, yeah, for me, the first time to do the challenges for the vertical mm-hmm. things. And then after that, I feel it is, yeah, we don't have to do something only by the plans, but then the three-dimensional spaces could have more, how to say, potentials to develop it. And yeah, then finally, now I don't care so much about it should be the vertical or horizontals because it depends, really depends on the situations. And I I, I could be more free to think about it. But space itself is always three-dimensional. So it is nice to use the maximum possibilities of the the spaces. Yeah. So one quick question before we have to wrap this up. Um, What inspires you? Yeah, in a sense, everything. Everything. And, but especially the human life, human behaviors, because, yeah, recently I'm doing many projects in many different areas. Then, so different cultural backgrounds, so different lifestyles, so different understanding of the city or uh, architecture or nature. And, of course, based on the different climate conditions and different based on different histories and all of those kind of uh, diversities of human life is always really exciting and yeah good things is that architecture have always like a context the site and then the site has a cultural background and all the background is there it's full of the complexity and full of the richness of the how to say the wonderful uh world in a sense yeah and then this world kind of conversation between me, myself, and this context and the whole world is always like a surprising, discovering something new. And then, in the f- yeah, we can get an inspiration from that. Excellent. Thank you so much for talking to me. It was a pleasure learning more about what goes on uh, behind the scenes. And the exhibition looks great. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that is our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sue Fujimoto. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about this podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at our Twitter account, ArcSessions, or with hashtag ArcConnectSessions. You can also send us an email to connect at ArcConnect.com. If you enjoy ArcConnectSessions, please consider rating us on iTunes. Thank you so much, and talk to you next time.